State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Yeah, I come from the school of Tupac. I'm a rival. You don't want to what? That's me. Tell I'm not your average Negro. Hold up. Taz, I want to ask you a question real quick. Let's just keep it real straight shot with no chaser. I'm going to get a little bit rough. I'm here for those who really believe in the American process. All of us. Straight shot, no chaser. With your girl, Tesla Figaro, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. What's happening, everybody? This is Tesla Figaro on another episode of Straight Shot, No Chaser. Today, I am excited because I have a personal friend of mine, one of the smartest men that I know that I've been knowing for a very, very long time. Haven't had a chance to sit down with him and chop it up, but he is here today. Dr. Lance McCarthy is a nationally recognized faith-based economist and investment advisor with a specialty in urban development. Dr. McCarthy has assisted nonprofit organizations, churches, corporations, professional athletes, and cities with economic development and financial plans. His public policy research, Fortune 100 experience, entrepreneurial endeavors, and nonprofit initiatives give him insight into our nation's most pressing problems. I met him back in 2005 or six, I believe, in Orlando, Florida, my political stomping ground. I met Dr. McCarthy when he was the CEO of the Urban League. I always tell this quick story. I won't bore everybody long, but he is one of the first people that believed in me as an entrepreneur. I was laid off in 2007 from ADECO, the largest staffing firm in the world. Here I was with uh, going through a recession at the time as we went into 2008. I had a uh, newborn on my hip. I was going through a divorce and did not know what else to do. I, at the time, because it was a recession, I could not find a job uh, because there were no jobs. So I decided to start a staffing firm myself. Who does that, Doc? Who starts a staffing firm in a recession when nobody is hiring? Me. <laughs> and I did that because I believe that I could do it better uh, than my former employers, which was ADECO, first largest staffing firm in the world, Robert Half, which is the third largest staffing firm in the world. And I just believe that there was a better model uh, that could offer hiring, training, and retaining through conflict resolution. And Dr. McCarthy at the time was organizing 
the National Urban League Convention. That was the first time that then Senator Barack Obama was on the stage with Senator McCain. And Dr. McCarthy convinced uh, the Urban League to bring it to Orlando and no one could get volunteers together. And I said, hey, Dr. McCarthy, give me an opportunity to do it. I'm going to use the staffing model the same way that I recruit. I'm going to use that same model to bring in volunteers. And in three weeks, I was able to recruit over 300 volunteers. They worked all the way from 5 a.m. to 2 a.m. in the morning. I still remind Mark Morial of that every single time I see him. I know he think I'm crazy because <laughs> I'm still talking about that. But I want to know, hey, I saved your ass back in, back in 2008. But um. Had an opportunity to do that. Uh, 300 people started. I told those individuals in three years or less, you would be working. I remember at the time, and you remember, Doc, everybody came and all, especially politicians. That's when I really got my political teeth because they said, wow, you know, you can organize folks. And so to a politician, that's like gold. And they all said, why don't you start a nonprofit? And I said, no, I want to make sure that I give these people an opportunity to be paid. And I promised them in three years or less, I would give a paycheck. And that's exactly what happened. Those same 300 volunteers, I was able to make my employees by 2010 on 10-10-2010. 10 people started at the Amway Center in Orlando. And that is my story on how I became Orlando Business Journal winner in 2012 and 2010. And I credit Dr. McCarthy for giving me that opportunity, never stressing, never, never stressing me, knew I could do it, said, that's fine, Tez, if you say you can do it, do it. I was doubted so much to the point where a, a mutual friend of ours, Roger yep. Codwell, who, you know, I remind every time I see him, <laughs> he wrote an article. Everybody at the table said, it's no way she can do it. There's no way she could do it. And I was able to get it done. And Roger wrote, I think that was the first time that my company had been featured in the media. And he wrote the ally group, failure is not an option. So that is how one of the many ways I came to be who I am in staffing, who I am in in uh, human resources, and more importantly, uh, really being able to have an opportunity to give something back to the community uh, in a way to put money in their pocket. And that's what I have you here today. You were the first person that I ever met that said, just because you're a nonprofit doesn't mean you ha you cannot be profitable. So welcome to the show, Dr. McCarthy. Glad to be here, Tess. I appreciate that story. It's all about relationships and innovation. And I knew from the beginning that you had the skill set. It was no question and I appreciate what you did then and what you've come uh, to be now. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I know it seemed like I was bragging about myself, but it really was about you <laughs> and giving you the flowers when all the haters said I couldn't do it. All it takes is one. One yes. One That's yes. That's it. I've been dealing with that hater race since <laughs> I was five, babe. There's no problem. I drink it, spit it back out, and bring love. That's all it do. That is. Success is the best revenge, period. Yes, it is. <laughs> We had a great time in Orlando. <laughs> I'm yeah, just laughing because yeah. I'm thinking about all the meetings. And you remember you would set up meetings like a New Jack City. And I was the only yeah. female to rock my baby <laughs> in the building. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Real talk. Yeah. So you were always uh, a visionary. And, and at that time, you know, I was sharing this with uh, some mutual friends. You were different to the Urban League. Uh, really had a vision, always, you know, looking ahead, 10 years ahead of the game, 15 years ahead of the game, which is why I want to talk to you about black tech, which is obviously in technology, you're ahead of the game. So how did you start really tapping into that, Dr. McCarthy, and and, and the importance of black tech and, and where we are now 
uh, you did a TED talk uh, that I would encourage people to see that talks about diversity and, you know, black tech and how important we are, you know, part of that, uh, that puzzle. But just kind of give us a breakdown on what made you, you know, kind of move into that area and, and drill down there in one of the many areas that you deal with. Yes, thanks. Well, I started way back in 95. Being from St. Louis, uh, we had a lot of military contractors, Boeing, General Dynamics, etc. And I was very fortunate to be appointed to President Clinton's task force on economic conversion. That was leveraging military technology to the private sector. And I said, what the issue is, is not just transferring technology, but making sure that African-Americans are a part of. And so I did my first urban technology park back in St. Louis in 95. The money came out of the Defense Department on how we could train uh, African-Americans in technology. So from that point on, I made a mission to be able to look at emerging technologies, to look at how we can incorporate that into urban communities and provide the skill set to our people. So everybody has a phone and we all have the access to information every 24 hours, but creativity becomes an economic indicator. And it's been my goal to share with African-Americans how we can use their creativity, how we can use the understanding of technology. And I tell kids, if you can play the game, you can make the game. So it has been since 95, looking at opportunities of how we look at emerging technology, how we're able to tap into it, own it, and be able to create jobs all across the country and across the world. Not only is it innovation that's important, but it's also a mechanism to grow black wealth. Okay. And so as we talk about now everything being technology, stem cell research, uh, the importance of having diversity. One of the things that you and I talked about offline was Silicon Valley still only has 1% of diversity within. Is is that, are you saying this profitable diversity or explain that to me on what is the, what is the missing link uh, in Silicon? and, and also. What does diversity mean? Because one of the things that I know I experienced with being a contractor, minority, uh, women, business, entrepreneur, a a lot of that stuff gets diluted for black folks, you know, because obviously white folks can apply, you know, white women can apply. Uh, You know, there's a lot of games with allowing one minority to be 51 percent owner of the company. So we we see a lot of that on the back end. So first, before you explain uh, Silicon Valley and only one percent. What does diversity mean to you and how how does that apply to black folks and how do we find our niche in diversity without kind of getting lost lost in the sauce? First of all, diversity is truly profitable if it's done correctly. If you have a representative of your company that represents the consumer base that you're dealing with, then it's going to be profitable because we can understand each other. But diversity has to come from the top. It's not the going out and hiring an African-American to lead diversity initiatives and go out and give chicken nigga dinner tickets, you know, out the year. It is coming from the top and really integrating of how you're making sure that your board, your management, your consumers, every part is a part of diversity because it's going to make you more profitable. The more you understand your consumer, the more you're going to be able to be profitable. And unfortunately, a lot of corporations just window dress. They don't really have true diversity from not only procurement, but also from hiring and products. Uh, And so it's been proven that, again, diversity from all mechanisms around the world, everybody wants to be black and say black people. How do we use that in corporate America and make sure 
that is hitting the bottom line and representative of the consumers as well as your corporation. Mm-hmm. That's interesting you said that because I'm just thinking about, you know, our podcast network, the Black Effect Podcast Network. Yes. Uh, I believe 60 or 70 percent of the podcast listener is white. And so when they started talking about when Charlemagne talked about how, you know, we need a black network, one of the things that was important to iHeart and I know uh, why I got partnered with Marcy, uh, not even just having black podcasters, but also having black producers, having black people all yes. the way throughout the process, yes. because yes. it does make a difference on the type of content that you're delivering on the type of you know overall product, which will then result in increasing profits because we're bringing more profits. We're bringing more listeners. And I tell people all the time to subscribe to the podcast for that reason, because it is a technology, you know, thing getting into technology, you know, just sitting down, listening to the radio anymore. Those days are over with, but we have to be able to show that black people actually want this type of information. And we actually have, I want to say we have a, a podcast that is specifically dedicated to tech. Our money, one of the two. Awesome, awesome. If my memory serves me correctly. But I'm saying that to say that we've been able to show at the Black Affair Podcast Network that there is, you know, listeners out there that want to hear this content, not just gossip, yes. not just what's going on in entertainment, no. you know, but politics, no. tech, economics, money, uh, religion, mental health, all of those things at the Black Affair Podcast Network. And I, I just wanted to point that out because uh, Marcy and I talk about all the time, you know, how the advocating is always important to make sure that you're pairing, you know, producers as well, you know, with those shows. And so you've been able to, to show companies, especially with that TED Talk that you did on how it does make more sense uh, to have diversity because it brings more dollars. So why do you think they fight that then, Doc? Well, people still are fearful, a fearful of change. And when you've been controlling for so long, it's very difficult to give that up. But again, studies show that diversity is profitable. It's not just the right thing to do. It's going to make you more money. And when you talk in that language, they begin to understand a little bit more. But it has to, again, it has to come from the top. It can't be a sideline position uh, of someone just with a title. The CEO of the corporation and the board needs to be behind diversity initiatives. And what about the black folks that's really not black folks that are in these <laughs> positions? Let's talk about that a second. Like, how does that, uh, do you factor that in on, on, because a lot of times they'll oh, get, yes. they'll get a face that looks black, oh. but it's not necessarily connected to the ground on what the people no are question. saying. And so how do I remember one of the things you, you may not remember this, but when I was recruiting the volunteers, the quote-unquote firm, I guess, that knew what they were talking about. They said, well, we want everybody to wear khaki pants. I don't know if you remember that. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and it was a big thing. And I said, Dr. McCarthy, they either wear black pants or I'm walking off. <laughs> he said, That's fine, right. I guess they're in black pants. <laughs> because I was trying to get them to understand that yes. when you're recruiting volunteers, see, this is what comes from, you know, I, I started Concrete Roots, which is deeper than grassroots, really being connected to the streets, knowing how people feel yes. on the streets, yes. those who are poor, disenfranchised. And what they didn't understand was, hey, everybody can just go get khaki pants. All you have to do is go to Walmart or go to Target. And I was trying to explain that these are volunteers that we're bringing to ask to work for free that are already in one of the poorest cities. Uh, and going through a recession at that time, homelessness sky high in Orlando, we have to yep. be able to uh, allow an option of something that they already have in their closet. Oh, yeah. That's right. And those are the type of thing. And you said, well, Ted, Ted say black, let it be black. 
But I remember me and another person was going round and round about because she just couldn't understand Same. what it meant. But I understood what it meant because I was going through a divorce at the time. I didn't have any income coming in. I was on unemployment. I had a baby on my hip. I understood from that lived experience, yes. which is why we say we need politicians with lived experiences. So I'm saying all that to say, what about the black person that's in the diversity position that don't understand black folks? Yeah, that happens all the time. I call it black Europeans who aren't connected to the street, who have not had the experience. And so their viewpoints are actually different than the masses. Uh, I did a study way back in the day that showed African-American procurement officers gave less contracts to blacks than their white counterparts. Because in their mind, since they were on a plantation, they figured, how can you come here and get a contract when I'm working for Big Massa? So it, it, it is an issue. It is an issue just to hire uh, an African-American but if you don't check their background and they have not been exposed to the culture, have not been exposed uh, to the street, well, then they're just going to actually go further west uh, in non-diversity as opposed to their title does. I'm, I have a I have a friend. He's been in procurement forever. And he says, I don't get black companies chances because they don't come correct. I'm like, dude, you have to see where they are, see where they are and help them get to that point for you to make a blatant statement like that. You have incorporated what they taught you to do so they can just check a box and say that you've done something. So it is a problem. Absolutely. Ed, that's so interesting. You said that even flipping that over to politics, you know, a colleague of mine, he's always saying, oh, you know, Tez, we got to get this person in because they black and this person. And I tell him all the time, just because that person is black does not necessarily mean that they are for black issues. Black. Black, that's right, because it's usually just that's a checkoff. Right. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbroke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. 
One of the things that irritates me the most is, well, you know, you have a, a black vice president or you had a black president. I've heard white men literally say, you know, well, you got President Obama literally as a way of saying, isn't that enough? So sometimes I wonder, I remember you and I, because I was doing talk radio in Orlando at the time. And it was when, uh, you know, a president then Senator Obama was running and you were one of the ones that said, Tez, it's going to be great for our children. You know, they'll be able to see that, you know, it can be them. And I remember us having a conversation. I said, well, how is this going to backfire on us to be able to say, well, you got a black president, so there's no more issues. So what's your take on that now, looking back compared to 2008? Oh, yeah. My, my take is that he didn't do anything for black folks. And it's unfortunate. If you're in a position, that's why I was in the position as the president of the Urban League. I make sure my people were taken care of. It should have been a statement when he left office that he created at least 10 black billionaires. And he didn't. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, support the LBGT community, which I'm not against them. But if you're in power, you're supposed to make sure your friends eat, period. And I did not see that agenda. And so, uh, yeah, it was symbolism. All this crazy stuff. Yeah, you let some people out of jail when you almost got left office, but it was not an economic impact for our people. That's unfortunate. If you're in charge, you're supposed to make sure your people eat and, and whoever it is. And I check people because of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, you talk a little bit about um, how black people don't have access to capital. I remember starting my business. And one of the reasons why I was why I shut down so quickly is because health healthcare reform came in. We lost our bid to the contract. And there was no money to keep afloat. Um, I had to use prime factory, you know, factoring for it. In other words, for people that may not understand, Rob Peter PayPal, a company that would loan me my payroll and then I would have to pay it back the following week. So there was never, you know, uh, any growth, never any loan opportunities. I couldn't get a grant. I was a nonprofit. I didn't even know where to start, Doc. So what is this issue what, that you're talking about when, you, when you're saying uh, that we have 1% of the equity? Yes. Yeah, so we cannot grow our businesses just on debt financing, just on loans that you mentioned. The key to growing businesses is in equity. How do you get investors to put money into your company? And for the last 25 years, there's been extensive studies from the Milken Foundation to the Kauffman Foundation saying there's only 1% of equity dollars that come to black business. That is atrocious. We need to be able to get equity investment so we can grow. For instance, if you want to go out and sell a McDonald's, you go get a loan against your house, it'll take you another three or four years to get the second loan. If you have an equity investor, he can put the money in. You can buy five McDonald's off the top. So we have to teach our people two things. One, what equity is versus debt. And two, how do you get equity financing? And it's, it's a wide, wide variety of ways of doing it. Corporations have equity, but people don't know, you know, to go to them. Of course, the GoFundMe strategy has happened. But there are innovative groups. There's a Society of Venture Capital with Blacks. The National Venture Capital Association now has created a diversity division. Uh, and there are some new entertainers and athletes that are creating equity funds. The point is we need more equity, not debt. We don't need loans. We need investors. And a lot of times Blacks feel, if I don't own 100% of something, then it's not mine. No, you give us some equity, get the capital, grow your businesses, and you scale it. So, yes, there's only it's atrocious. Only one percent of equity capital comes out of African-American businesses. We need to change that. Mm -hmm. That's interesting you say that, because one of the things, again, kind of going back to the Black Effect Podcast Network, mm -hmm. that they were in discussion about Charlemagne. And he was saying, you know, he was a partner with iHeart. 
to allow them to carry the load, you know, but he still was a owner and people didn't grasp that. They didn't understand that. (laughs) They didn't understand that. It's not about. It's unfortunate. Right. (laughs) It's It's unfortunate unfortunate. that they don't understand. You allow them to carry the debt and you bring the resource, the talent and still, you can still be a 50% partner or owner, whatever, and not use all your money. And I wish at the time I had the resources to do that. I just didn't know, you know, where to go. I remember, and you remember Harold Mills at the time, he had a staffing firm and ended up, you know, becoming very, very successful. And I guess it was from him and his connections, Harvard. I I remember the the rumor was some folks came to town and said, hey, we're going to make you successful. And when I compared his staffing firm to what I did, my staffing firm was putting people to work who had just got out of prison, you know, people from right. GEDs, PhDs, people who had uh, drug and alcohol dependencies, taking women who were in shelters, giving them opportunities. When you look at my firm and what it was doing as far as a community impact, you would have thought that there would have been a support system to continue right. that going. And it wasn't it wasn't like, Doc, I didn't know who the politicians were or who you know, the the big dogs were, but it just wasn't enough time to really make that impact. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Can you give folks some tips on how do they find the bag? Where does the money reside? How do they, you know, get more knowledge on this before it's too late? One of the things people end up quitting before they even start because you get frustrated. You got to figure out, 
you know, where are you going to work? How are you going to eat in the meantime? So what are some some tips that you can give the listeners uh, specifically? Because I know we were talking about black tech, but it's kind of rolled into, you know, entrepreneurship and, and capital and funding. But what are some things that you can give some folks um, before we wrap up on how do they find where the money resides? Good question. Uh, as you start this conversation, you talked about our relationship over 20 years ago. The game is how do you increase your network? I tell people the key to being rich for every poor friend you got, get two rich friends. So how do you do that? You go to the places where they are. Enormous amount of charity events. Look in your city, see where the charity events are, and go hang out there. Volunteer, meet people, meet diverse people. Um, I I was very fortunate to uh, be invited to the Jewish Holocaust Dinner. End up creating contacts and deals in their perspective. Look at the cultures, look at who they are, and go meet them. Because they can make a phone call and help you as opposed to just trying to go the regular route. Bosses hang with bosses. I don't care how small your company is. If you're a CEO, you can go hang out with other bosses. So the the number one piece is expand your network, get friends in every culture, Jewish, Italian, Russian. Uh, Every city has the United Nations. You can go join that and get exposed to global money, global access, and increase your friends. Nothing's wrong with hanging in the hood. I tell people my book. You can go to the hood every Friday, get your nails done, hair done, everybody broke. Across town, (laughs) go to the art show. Free food, free free drinks, and everybody rich. Do them both. Make sure you diversify. Get you some rich friends. Period. That's the game. <laughs> That's the game. Huh? <laughs> That's it. Just that simple. Just <laughs> simple. You know, we were t- and you know, let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, we have this survivor's remorse. Yeah. That that black people have. You know, we feel once we've become successful. If we're supposed to bring everybody along or we still need to go back or I still need to, you know, you have the jealousy, the envy. How do you, you okay with cutting off broke folks, but for everybody else, <laughs> how do they, how do you feel okay with just understanding? This might be better for a therapist question, but how do you, how do you get to the point to say, you know, I'm at a different time in my life. And at this time in my life, I have to maximize my time better which means I need to communicate, uh, engage, partner with people that I have things in common with. Real talk. Um, Real talk. So I, I've learned that I've I've, I've wasted time in conversations. Trying <laughs> yeah, trying to carry, and yeah. just at some point, just everybody can't go. Can't go. Can't go. But I, I still hang with with, with with the lower tier, particularly the youngsters. I make sure that I'm with the twenty something. I got a lot of young hackers, a lot of young rappers. I want to stay across that energy, plus they like my style. They go, oh, gee, how can I get like you? So I connect with the youth. That is the future. That's how you move forward. Matter of fact, there's a guy named Jalen Bledsoe. He came to one of my events uh, about five years ago. He said, I'm 17 years old. I'm the same age my parents were, but I got 120 subcontractors, $3 million in revenue. If you look on my Facebook, my paid nerd. So it is, it is attaching and connecting with the youth, whatever level they are. Matter of fact, when they got more street swag, you can help flip that. So it's not that I don't, don't hang with people who don't have it. I just hang with people who have the opportunity and the open mind to listen. Because the older you get, you get cynical, you believe it's outdated, and you can't do it. So, again, the key is get some rich friends, connect with that youth, because they're on top of the technology, and help make, you know, make it happen. As you know, I've always said I want to be a legal New Jack City. So we need intellectual gangsters who understand both worlds, who can do it academically, politically. And, you know, that's our flavor. But we get neutered, trying to be white. 
and we lose out on the very swag that we had. Well, you literally did con- <laughs> create the New Jack City <laughs> in Orlando, Florida. I'll never forget that meeting. <laughs> I'm laughing because I wish they could have seen that because literally it was the New Jack City. Be- and as people came into the room, everybody, because a lot of the folks didn't get along. And they right. were like, what are you doing there? What are you yep. doing? Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, it was yep. on some straight Godfather shit. That's how we do. That's how we do. That's how we do. <laughs> Man. And another thing I want to give you compliment i've never seen nobody one thing about it you talk it and you back it up i mean you mean that when you say it's time people to write that check you mean it's time to write that check (laughs) (laughs) i've never seen nothing like it i've never seen nothing like it but i learned so much from you i wish uh we could have a show just on our relationship because i'm telling you i I learned a lot i learned you gangster with it i love it yeah i I learned a lot And it's something you have an eye for picking people to say, okay, that's what I need at the table. That's the talent I need at the table. That's my gift. How do I, I, how do I bring this person and how do I, because that was the first time Don Miller and I met, which ultimately we ended up becoming co-hosts on a radio show for a couple of years because him and I met, but you've always had an eye for that to say, who do I bring to the table to move forward? you know, on the initiative. And then it was about black folk. That's what I tell people. I didn't just start doing this yesterday. Y'all may just That's right. saw That's me right. yesterday. I've been on this. Yep. You was talking about how do we get black money then yep. in 2007. And you're talking about it now in 2021. That's so right. I just want to thank you thank for you. coming to the show. And hopefully I've made you proud of the Yo, moves that I've made. The game. I tell everybody about this story. <laughs> I love it. I'm so proud. Yeah. So much more to go. So much more to go. Um, but I always give flowers. I pay homage because that's one thing that we don't do. You got to pay homage to people that gave you the game. I credit everybody all the way from the OGs back in the hood that that's taught it. me everything I need to know to yep. politics, to you, yep. to business people. And I will agree with you in saying being able to listen. That's one thing. Yes. I talk a lot. But one thing for sure, I listen more than I talk, especially when I'm sitting in front of somebody that knows more than me. And that's one thing that we all have to do, regardless of the age, be able to sit down and listen to the game. Like the old folks say, you might learn yourself something. That's right. So I want to thank you for coming Uh, again. Where can they find you, uh, Doc, on your uh, website or uh, where where can people find you best? Yeah, my Instagram is Lance.Doctor, Lance.Doctor. Uh, my website is www.silverfox2x.com. And my other website is www.global1000.us. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to bring you back so we can talk about cannabis, yes. the weed business, That's how it. to get that weed money. I've never been a weed smoker. My mama Indeed. was a weed smoker, but I was never a weed smoker. But if I know you ain't got no problem making that weed money, though. I That's see. right. It's a green rush. <laughs> It's the green rush. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So I'm going to bring you back, folks. Make sure you tune into that show with Dr. Lance so he can talk more about cannabis and how he also impacts that area. A man of many gifts, many talents. Check him out. Check out and see what he's done. He's also, I am very excited to be working with him as well with the George Floyd Foundation. So we'll be doing some great things with that. So in the meantime, like I always say, use the loser, can't make you choose it. I hope you found some of this helpful to you. I know it was short, but again, follow Dr. McCarthy. Watch uh, what he talks about in tech. It is such a broad topic, very hard to cover in just 30 minutes. But I do hope you got some nuggets on how to go get that money and where the money resides. You've been listening to Tesla and Figaro Straight Shot No Chasing. 
If you like what you heard on Straight Shot No Chaser, please subscribe and drop a five-star review and tell a friend. Straight Shot No Chaser is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. I'm Tizzle Figaro, and I'd like to thank our producer, editor, mixer, the one and only Marcy DePina, our mix master. Dwayne Crawford and our executive producer Charlemagne the God. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare at&t connects an ode to podcast connect the alarm change the podcast you stream connect the snooze 10 more minutes to dream Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more more info now.